Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71 features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This happened about five years ago while I was nine months pregnant. I was Christmas shopping at the mall with my seven and 15 year old daughters one Saturday night in a very safe city with very low crime rates. There was an Applebee's connected to the mall and we ended our shopping pretty late and the mall stores were starting to close so I took my kids to the connected Applebee's for a late dinner. We finish eating at about 10pm I'd say and leave out the Applebee's entrance into the practically deserted parking lot with shopping bags in tow. As we got to the car, I was in the middle of maneuvering the shopping bags on my arms to find my keys when a 50-ish year old crusty looking guy starts walking up from somewhere in the parking lot with shaggy grey white hair and a, a faded flannel shirt and old jeans. I noticed him briskly approaching when he was about 40 feet away and he said, this is a stick up, give me all your money. My blood ran cold and I stared at him owlishly and shakingly said, what? He then said that he was just kidding and came up and stood right next to my daughters who were standing on the other side of the car waiting for me to unlock the car to let them in. He then starts making small talk with me and my girls and he asks things like if they were being good girls for Santa and how old they were and if we got all that Christmas shopping done, what kind of things did we get, etc. He didn't seem drunk, high or slow or mentally challenged at all. He was very coherent and seemed of sound mind. Mind you, I was a heavily pregnant woman, alone with my two daughters in a a mostly deserted parking lot at 10 o'clock at night, who was being approached by a stranger who came and stood right next to my kids on the other side of the car just shooting the breeze, talking to me and my kids with his hands in his pockets and occasionally looking over his shoulder. I didn't want to aggravate him, so I was politely conversing with him and trying to look calm and nonchalant while trying to disguise my frantic hands digging inside my giant purse for my car keys. This exchange went on for a couple of minutes while he periodically kept looking over his shoulder. I was silently panicking and trying to politely keep the situation from escalating by calmly and nonchalantly talking to him while also trying in vain to find my damn car keys to get us out of here. Apparently they were in there hiding good. 
I felt like that at any moment he was going to pull a knife or a gun or rob me, and my kids were right next to him, away from their mother and on the other side of the car, and I couldn't find my damn car keys to get my kids into the safety of the car. He kept trying to engage them in conversation, and I could see that my oldest daughter was a little weirded out, and she kept glancing at me to gauge my assessment or reaction to this situation. Kids often tend to not recognize potential danger when they're with their parents since they see us as their protectors. And being that he was only talking and acting friendly, I was doing my best to just stay calm. They were oblivious to the alarming situation that we all were in. And being nine months pregnant and that I was no match for this full-grown man, especially if he was hiding a weapon on him. While still desperately digging for my keys, I tried to politely give him hints that the conversation was over by saying things like, it was nice chatting with you but I gotta get these kids to bed, and it was nice meeting you, and telling my girls to say that it was nice meeting him too. My polite attempts to get this guy to leave wasn't working because he just kept sidestepping my attempts and asking them what their favourite school subjects are and how nice young ladies they were etc. While I was struggling with the shopping bags and digging into my giant cluttered purse for my car keys. My outgoing 7 year old was just completely oblivious to how not okay this situation was because he was being friendly and because of the whole I'm with mummy so I'm safe child mentality. So she started to talk about what she picked out for her daddy for Christmas and started enthusiastically talking about kid stuff and asking him if he knew what Minecraft was and keeping this creep from leaving us alone by keeping him engaged in conversation. They didn't realize that I was becoming desperate to get them the hell out of there at this point and then suddenly I, I felt this sinking feeling of dread when I realized that I may have actually lost my keys in the mall and that we were stuck outside with this strange man who kept looking over his shoulders and was showing no signs of walking away. And I was thinking that he was waiting for the perfect moment to pounce. All he had to do was grab one of my girls and threaten their life, knowing that it would make me do whatever he wanted as long as he wouldn't hurt them. I started to feel my adrenaline start to spike and my heart and my stomach started doing flip-flops and I felt like at any moment that it was going to go down as the gravity of realizing that there were no other people or witnesses around and that we were totally alone with him and that at that moment the odds were stacked against us and that he had his chance. Then he all of a sudden was like, oh okay it was nice talking with you, see you later and just walked off in the same direction as to which he came. And it wasn't until then that I found my car keys and unlocked the car and told my kids to get in fast and I got in too and locked the doors and started the car and just drove the hell out of there. My 15 year old lightheartedly and jokingly said, okay, that was weird, and laughed and I was overwhelmed with relief and then I was confused over what just happened. I thought to myself, why the hell would a guy of seemingly sound mind think it totally acceptable to go out of his way just to approach a woman and her kids in a deserted parking lot late at night just to chit chat? But being that nothing bad happened, I brushed it off and joked about it too. When we got home, my husband greeted us and asked us how shopping went, and I said that it went well, and my 15-year-old told him what happened in the parking lot and how weird it was, and it was kind of joking about it. I started joking too, saying how I was mentally having a panic attack while trying to look calm and I started making fun of myself by telling my husband how I was attempting to inconspicuously rummage through my purse to find my car keys. 
and at this point, my husband went completely white and I acknowledged his horrified look of alarm and I assured him that, albeit creepy, the guy was just talking and eventually just left us on our own. Now, my father-in-law is a retired sheriff deputy and my husband went through police academy training after graduating high school. He decided to go to business school instead of becoming a cop. And being that the knowledge that he gained from that, plus growing up with a cop for a dad, I found out why my husband looked absolutely horrified when I told him the details. And what my husband told me completely rattled me to the bone. My husband told me that he was 100% sure that the reason why the guy was hanging around us and chit-chatting was because he was waiting for me to unlock my car. And the reason why he was standing next to our kids was because once I unlocked the car and the kids started to get inside, he was most likely going to force himself in the car with the kids and hold a knife or a gun to them to gain leverage on me to force me to cooperate knowing that I wouldn't abandon my kids, which would force me to get into the car with them and do whatever he wanted me to do, which most likely would be to drive to a remote location to do God knows what. And, being that he wasn't wearing a mask, it suggests that his intentions were to also leave no witnesses to identify him. I then remembered that he was positioned by the backseat passenger door where my seven-year-old was standing by just waiting to get in. My husband then told me that the most likely reason why the guy ended up leaving us was because it took so long for me to find my damn keys and the longer it took, the more anxious and spooked it made him. And that whole time, I was desperate to find my car keys, which, through some sort of divine intervention, stayed hidden in my purse, thus saving us from potentially being abducted. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So, some quick backstory. I work at a gas station on a main route and we see a lot of travelers passing through. Only one person works each shift and it's a 24-hour store. Well, we're short staff, so I agreed to an overnight. I'm female, and I work in a state that's always had self-serve gas stations. So, this guy comes in, and I asked him if he needed any help, and he says no. He's getting gas at the pump, but needs to use the bathroom. I go back to work on whatever invoices we got yesterday, and the guy uses the bathroom, and then goes back outside. About five or seven minutes later, he comes back inside and tells me that he's confused about the pump. He directly says, you might have to come outside to help me. Customers don't often say this, they usually just complain that it's not working, so I'm already feeling weird about this guy. I shake it off because he looks like a nerd and I don't feel afraid of him really, and I look at the register to see what error it came up with for his pump and there's no errors. The register doesn't even say it was in use, and even if someone tries to pay and nothing's wrong with their payments, it will at least say payments or loyalty timed out, but literally it had no sign of him trying to use it before asking me for help. 
I ask him if he wants to just pay inside and he agrees to, gets his wallet out of his car and then pays $10. I give him his receipt and he says, can you help me? I don't understand the machine and I say, we aren't really allowed to leave the store during the overnight shifts as it's just me here and it's not safe to go outside. I don't know why I told him that I was alone but he wasn't seemingly threatening. And he proceeds to say, I don't understand what it's asking me, I, I need help, I'm not scary. I tell him again that I can't go outside because it's a store policy for the overnight shift and say, it's not that you're scary, I, I just don't go outside. I would have to tell a, a little old lady asking for help at this hour the same thing, which is true. We can't even take out the trash during overnights. He starts to walk away from the register counter now, but then again stops at the door and asks me one last time to come outside and help him. I'm pretty annoyed at this point, and I've said no twice now, and I'm not going to go, so stop asking. I finally say in a super annoyed tone, okay, all you need is to, one, pick up the nozzle, two, select fuel grade button, and three, put it into your tank and squeeze the handle. I'm not going outside. Then, he finally goes back to his car and the register tells me that he had no trouble pumping gas. And also, his plates seem like they're not from the state that I work in. Now, this kind of thing wouldn't make me suspicious usually, but the fact that he originally opted for me to go outside instead of bringing money inside at 3am is weird. Along with how he didn't bother to use the pump before he came inside to ask for help, claiming it wasn't working and him not taking my first no for an answer... It was all incredibly suspicious. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So, I, a 22-year-old female, worked at a mall when I was a young adult. Oftentimes, it would be dark by the time that I got to the bus stop, and there were a lot of druggies and creeps around as well. They did bother me some, but they stayed away for the most part. Now, one night, I was walking extra late because of a never-leaving customer, and I saw a truck and a guy talking to a girl that I assumed was in her teens as she looked young. I thought nothing of it. I mean, a lot of teens had to be picked up from the mall as they worked in the food court and sometimes on weekends got late night shifts and whatnot, so I thought it was a dad just picking her up. I honestly did. But as I got closer, I could see that she was upset, but I thought that they had had a fight or something. 
The guy looked up a little angrily at me and I sat down. I heard him saying to the girl, Hey honey, you should come with me now, mum is worried. She backed up slowly and that's when I looked up and she was looking at me with a terrified face. This man was clearly drinking as he smelled of liquor but not stumbling around at this point. And my stomach sank. The bus wasn't going to be there for another half an hour and I was a small five foot woman myself. I started to get this feeling that this guy wasn't her father and he said, come on honey, get in the truck. Get in the truck now, it's late. I didn't know whether this man was her father or not but I decided I needed to do something. I said, hey well, I haven't seen you in a long time, to the girl. I started chatting with her and she sat down ignoring him and he was visibly angry and went to the truck that I thought was to leave. The girl sat next to me and explained that the man wasn't her father. She didn't know who he was, but he was trying to get her to go with him. I said okay, just act natural and keep refusing. The guy came back to us with his phone up to his ear and a pipe from what I could tell from his trunk. And he said, okay, get in the truck, your mum's pissed. Lady, you need to mind your own business with a parent and child. I told him that he clearly wasn't her father and he should leave before security cameras captured him doing something illegal. He looked like he just realized that they existed but decided that he went too far I guess already and walked towards us. He grabbed the girl by her arm and dragged her as she struggled and I tried to push him off but he told me not to get between a father and a daughter. I saw a security guard in the window and he mouthed, are you okay? And I mouthed back that I was not and shook my head. He immediately started to unlock the door and grab his phone, I assume calling the police, and the father saw this guy coming and decided finally to leave swearing and speeding off. But the girl was visibly shaken and crying and her real parents came not too long after the incident and I left with a few words to the police about my side and giving them my number. I'm glad that I was there because I have not seen the guy since and I don't know what might have happened to that young girl. I learned that she was only 15 and at one point he even tried to convince me that I was also his daughter. So this happened over the span of around a year when I was 15 and 16. I'm 20 now and it only recently has been revealed to me just how messed up the situation really was. So, I was obviously still living at home at the time, but my sister, who was seven years older than me, had moved out and was living with her now husband, their high school best friend, and some other dude that they met via one of those uh, find-a-roommate sites. He was kind of the reclusive nerdy type, which, preferring to hide in his room watching Star Trek and playing computer games than to actually hang out with the roommates. And the only other person he ever really seemed to want to be around was his similarly shy and nerdy girlfriend. For a little context of the story, at the time this happened he was 28 and she was 24. They were both a little weird but initially seemed entirely harmless. For ease of telling the story and for saving on characters, the friendly roommate will be FR, weird roommate will be WR and his weird girlfriend will be WGF. Now, my sister and I have never really had the best relationship with our parents and at this time things were especially rocky. Our mother was dating a guy who was, to put it kindly, uh, an abusive sack of crap who seemingly loathed me and would find any excuse to go off at me. As a result, I spent a lot of time staying over at my sister's place. 
It was around the time I'd spent a lot of time there that WR and WGF started to get really strange. As I said earlier, the pair of them were always kind of just odd. They only ever seemed to want to speak to each other and would even go as far to ignore anyone else who spoke to them. WGF was worse than WR for this by a mile. He would at least give you a, a monosyllabic responses most of the time. She had a kind of creepy habit of just blankly staring at you for a couple of seconds and then walking away if you asked her a question or tried to engage her in conversation at all. But that isn't really the weird behavior though. When I would sleep over, I'd sleep on a futon in FR's office space, which was on the ground floor. It happened to be next to the downstairs bathroom, which for some reason WGF vastly preferred to the upstairs one. She would take long showers in the middle of the night, which is whatever. I'm a pretty heavy sleeper and she wasn't a shower singer or anything like that, so I just generally slept right through them. One night, however, I stayed up mega late doing revision and homework and happened to be awake after she finished her shower. I was too absorbed in my task to really pay attention to anything else, but I definitely noted hearing the shower shut off because that was my indicator to how late it really was. Approximately 10 minutes later, I look up from my laptop and there she is. I always kept the door open just a crack because that room tended to get unbearably hot if I didn't and she was just standing there, outside the room, butt-ass naked, watching me through the open crack in the door. I said her name and asked if she was okay, which seemingly startled her because she walked away pretty sharpish. I convinced myself that in my over-caffeinated sleep-deprived state, I'd imagined the whole thing and didn't mention it to anyone. Fast forward around a month and I head over to my sister's one night to find FR kind of agitated about what he perceives to be a, a peeping Tom problem. He found fingerprints on the outside of his office window in such a way that would imply someone had been pressing up against the glass and looking in. The blind in his room was slightly too small for the window so you could see in from the outside if you looked through at the sides and the room was on the front of the house and the window was easily accessible from the street. He'd become concerned that some random passing pervert had been spying on him while he was having a private moment, so to speak, in his office or else some potential burglar had been sizing up the joint. The police were called, but as they didn't have any external CCTV at this point, no evidence could be provided and ultimately not a lot could be done. To combat this escalating further, FR installed both internal and external CCTV on the house. This was installed whilst WR and WGF were away on a holiday and I guess everyone just forgot to tell them about it. Another couple of months later and I go to my sister's to find WR's room empty and inform that he's moved out. Of course I asked why and I was informed simply that he and WGF were a pair of creeps and the others had collectively decided to just kick them out. Apparently, her watching me through the office door was not a one-time incident. The CCTV footage showed that she regularly made a habit of just standing and watching me through the cracked door, sometimes for as long as 20 to 30 minutes. I was usually asleep when she did it. And not only that, but the fingerprints on the window had quite apparently been from WR standing outside and watching me after I'd showered and was hanging out in just a towel, which was a less regular occurrence, but apparently was caught on camera enough times for it to be concerning. And as if this wasn't weird enough in and of itself, I was recently hanging out with my sister and her husband and he passed comment about how he wishes they'd told me the full story at the time so I could have chosen to press charges. 
I asked what he meant by that, and he revealed that not only had they been secretly watching me, but the CCTV also showed that they'd mess with food and stuff that I'd bought, including clips of him licking all of my apples, her spitting in my orange juice, even dumping regular cow's milk into my lactose-free stuff, which explained why I had a period of feeling really sick from just nowhere. And to top it all off, apparently when FR barged into their room to confront them about it, He'd not only found that several shirts that I thought I'd misplaced elsewhere had been stolen by the two of them and literally hung up on their wall, but she had done several drawings of me sleeping and written a poem called Ode to My Name, whose contents I, I don't know and honestly I, I don't really want to know. Apparently FR gave them an ultimatum of you have two hours to get out of this house and never contact me or any of us again or I'm calling the police, and they took the former option. They've never tried to contact me subsequent to this, but I honestly feel sick just thinking of what they were potentially planning. So I lived in a farm around four years ago, and from the moment that we moved there, I could tell that there was just something wrong. I felt uneasy in there as if there was something constantly spying on me. Before I get into that though, a little bit of detail about the place and the situation. So, we didn't technically own the place. It was borrowed from a woman that was trying to sell it. We call it a demo. So, we didn't have access to the house and slept on a wooden storage house. But the farm itself was like this. There was a barbed wire gate that you manually had to move in the entrance. And in front of it was a, an open empty field with one of those outside washrooms to the right. Passing by it, there was a small group of trees and then the place where we slept. Passing that was the actual house to the left and then the forest. In the forest entrance, there was a tree with a ripped plastic bag tied to its branches, meaning that the bag was tied while it was still small and people used it to do their mark or something. And right in front of it, there was a mount. Now, someone buried something in there, and I moved there with four dogs, plus the dog that already lived there that we took care of. Our routine was wake up at 5am to go to the city so I could go to school and my parents could go to work. Now, the first night we stayed there, I, I noticed my room was the only one in the entire house that didn't have a lock. I couldn't sleep because of the weird feeling that I had, and I stayed up all night and just slept on my way to school. But then... Things got weirder. The door started opening at night and I dismissed it as the wind, a cliche I know, but it became more frequent and more violent. Then, still at the first week, I saw it. It was a, a black humanoid figure with a white face. It was like the white face had empty eye sockets and instead of a mouth, just a, an empty cavity on its face. And it stood at my door entrance staring at me and... I decided that I wasn't going to sleep while I lived there. I couldn't bring myself to move or do anything at the time, so I just kept staring at it trying to convince myself that it was just my mind playing tricks on me. But then, some nights later, it became impossible to pretend because it started moving and doing things. It entered my room, tapped on my window, it was a metal window that was right beside my bed, slightly moved things and kept being a, a general creep. Whenever I flashed my light on it too, it just disappeared, but the eerie feeling just kept there. 
I started keeping a flashlight in my room and playing music to keep myself awake and calm and eventually I started to fall asleep during the day and in those days I always woke up with headaches and the feeling my eyes had been pushed into my skull and I always woke up with pain. Eventually my parents got security cameras because while we were in the city some people entered the place to go fishing and there was a shortcut to the neighboring farm's lake through our forest. This is important because of the next part. So one day, my aunt went to visit. She had some just really weird superstitions and said that the place had gold buried in it for some reason or another and she went to the forest and saw the mound under the marked tree and talked about it before. She said that it was a good idea to unbury it and so we did. But that was a really bad idea. I was digging it and I need to describe what happened now very well to pass the feeling so bear with me. Now, there's a certain feel of digging dirt that differs from rocks or mud or clay. I learned this that day as I dug that hole. Then, after going through a small layer of fragmented rocks, I hit something soft and resistant that felt like leather. I hit it harder and pushed through it, and immediately after it, there was something hard with a complex and detailed shape. I tried to break through it since my aunt insisted that it was protection for the gold and my parents were just whipping me into helping her, but it was no use. And it occupied most of the area of the hole, so we couldn't dig around it. It was kind of like the hole was made specifically to bury it or something. My aunt then said that she would cover the hole, but she never did and just went home. And that night was absolute hell. There was no tapping on the window, but... There was strong banging instead. The thing kept entering my room non-stop and even the flashlight wasn't working now. I had to stay awake feeling everything pressuring me and my door wouldn't close and this thing would make noise and this thing would be there just staring at me every time. Now, the part that makes the security cameras important is that they stopped working the moment it all started. There were four cameras, one pointing to the front of the house, one pointing to the washroom, one on the back that showed my window, and one pointed to the forest. That morning, I went to check the camera footage, and all the cameras had stopped working except for the one pointing to the forest. There was only static for the other three, but that one just had a small blur on it. And after that night, the thing just never appeared again. I still couldn't sleep because of fear, but it never actually showed up and things got a lot calmer after that. We moved some time after that, but I always think about it, even now, four years later. It was just too real and there were things that were noticed by other people too. I especially keep thinking about the thing that we hit while digging and how that night was just the worst. And I just keep asking myself if maybe we found a body or... Some sort of haunted thing that was hidden down there. This took place in 2007. I know that because I was in the fourth grade and I was nine at the time. We live in a large neighborhood and at that time it was surrounded by farmland. My house is a one-story house and when you stand in the doorway of my room you can see the front door, the kitchen on the left and my brother's room straight ahead. Turning your head to the left you can see the living room and my parents' room and you can get from my parents' room to the front door in less than a minute. Now, for a while we'd been getting calls from jail. We had had a phone that had a caller ID and for three times a day for a week our phone would call and the caller ID would say jail. 
We had no relations in jail at all, and so no police came to the house, and there was nothing to it. We obviously never answered, and my mum always said that if they don't leave a voicemail, then it must not be important. They never left one, so we didn't answer, and we just assumed that maybe a person had a wrong number or something. But they always seemed to call in the morning and in the afternoon and evening. Well, one day, we only got one call. We thought that that was a bit weird, but we didn't care, and that night I was in bed just playing quietly because my sister, she was an infant at the time, was sleeping in my room. I remember playing with my Madeline doll, and I decided to go to bed, and it was around 9 or 10 p.m. at the time, I think, and I put my head on my pillow, and the doorbell rang. Well, this was at a time that my dad would be getting home, so I thought it was my dad just playing with me. But the doorbell rang again and again and again, and I got scared and kind of clutched my doll and ran to my mum's room. She was awake and watching TV, and I told her someone was ringing the doorbell. She paused the TV, and the doorbell rang and just kept ringing. She immediately got my brother and sister, and the ringing then stopped. She looked through the peephole and saw a black figure of some sort, but couldn't make it out. Now, she did mention that she didn't know if it was a person or something else because she couldn't quite see it. She was too afraid to turn the porch light on, so she went back to her room and the ringing continued and then there was some knocking. It didn't sound like someone was trying to break in or anything, it just kind of sounded like casual ringing and knocking. But it just kept going and then it went faster and more intense. And at this point, I got scared and cried, Mummy, please make it stop. My mum called my dad to get home now and he was 30 minutes away and we endured intense ringing and knocking for what seemed like forever. And the longer we waited, the more vicious it sounded too. And then it just suddenly stopped. We sat in silence with the only light being the TV and then we heard the garage open. My mum had this intense fear in her eyes as the garage went up and she held my infant sister tightly and braced herself to protect us. And... It was my dad. The strange thing is, though, is that my dad didn't see anything. His lights were on when he pulled into our street, but he drove slowly and he didn't see any car driving past him or anyone out there. My brother and I started to head back to our rooms when the ringing started again and we all froze. The ringing and the knocking continued viciously and my dad ran towards the front door and swung it open, but no one was there and there was nothing. My dad ran around the house too, but there was nothing. And after this, the calls from the jails just stopped. These days, we keep our porch light on now, and whenever the doorbell rings, I, I do get a bit nervous and keep quiet. I'm actually afraid that one day, it might happen again. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.